0: Good morning everyone with Yantiv, Shana Teva, Limud HaFasidus, Naki Kaseva, Sikha today is the Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, Yutas, Kisle, the Yard side of the Maggid, and 26 years later, the liberation of the Al-Terebbe begins with 48 hours of celebration. So we begin where we left off, the 6th chapter in the Darim, on the top of page 49a. So, Dr. Helike Mishnah when you make a vow, depending on the on the words you used, depends what you had in mind. Did you was it a broader object? What did you did it include many things or just very specific? So if someone says, "I make a vow. I'm not going to benefit from anything that's cooked." So he says, the mission says, "Mutter betzali Cooked means cooked, not barbecued." Not fine. roasted is and so not undercooked food. Is able to afford it? It? Sure. When s- people say "cook," they mean <laughs> in a cooked means with liquid, right? <laughs> not by fire, not roast. Right. They mean it's cooked completely. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> so it excludes. He doesn't mean sali, and he doesn't mean shaluk. Shalak means on the country, it's overcooked. Cooked means it's cooked properly, not overcooked. <inaudible> That's how the Rashi says. Rashi of is overcooked. The Rashi says Shalak means undercooked. The Rans says even though Shalak in general, throughout Shaf, means overcooked. But here it means undercooked. Because when it comes to vows, there's the language of the Torah and there's the language of the vernacular, the way people speak. When it comes to vows, we follow the vernacular. So the vernacular of Shalak means undercooked. So that's not what he meant. He made a vow. I'm not going to think anything that's cooked properly. What if he says, Omar, he says, but if he says, cooked uh, cooked food, is kind of, not a lot to taste, way beyond, so here he means he means any food any food that's prepared that's cooked with heat and that's it's eaten with bread so also he's forbidden even to eat food made in a pot runny food you know maybe like kasha something something that's uh, farina something that's that's runny it's not solid anything that's cooked it's heated it's included make a distinction between taf and reversal reversal means fully cooked ta means any anything that's cooked even sl- even anything that's cooked as let's say he says if it has a gravy or a sauce that you dip the bread in so any food, Mevushal means any, anything that you, you eat together with a bread. Okay. Okay. Yes, you it doesn't matter if it's roasted. It doesn't matter how it's prepared. It's fully cooked. It's not fully cooked. It doesn't matter. But you're allowed to eat solid foods. But well, he's allowed to eat solid food. If, let's say, he has a kasha, porridge in front of him. If it's if it's runny, it's like liquidy, it could be eaten with bread. Then it's then it's prohibited. That's included. And he says now you see it, now you don't. And when he says tavshel. A cooked food which is which is eaten together with the bread where you dip the bread in and it's liquidy and it's it's, it's it's running but if the porridge is, is is solid it's thick and you can't eat it with the bread then it's not considered a tash and it's not included in the valve you he also allowed to eat a turmut egg the last <laughs> and but a Mutzah um, pumpkin. The mother will explain what this is referring to. So since these two items are not typically eaten with bread, so therefore it's not included in the vernacular when you say um, Tavshil. It's not a Tavshil. It's in and Tavshil. Mevushil means not only it's eaten with bread, but it is also it's also cooked with water, hot liquid, and it's fully cooked, not too little, not too, not overcooked, not undercooked. Tavshil, however, just means it's eaten with bread. It doesn't matter how it's prepared; It doesn't have to be with water, it's a liquid. It could be roasted, but as long as it's as it's liquidy and it's e- eaten with bread. Then um, it's, it's, it's included in the term okay. tafsha. Okay, then the Mishnah continues. If someone makes a vow, I'm not going to eat, a, pre- a preparation of a pot, anything that was made in a pot, in Osir maisa the Only food that's forbidden means extensive boiling. The is boiling, the boiled food. For example, there are certain grains that you need extensive boiling. That's called a maisikededa. You can't eat the grain unless unless it's extensively extensively boiled. Like uh, he says, chilka grits of wheat, or other types of grains split in halves, targin grits split into thirds, or tisni grits split into quarters. Soils, fine flour, rice. Told, um, the grit split into fifths, all of these have to be boiled. And so that's the only thing that he that, uh, is, he's referring to. That's prohibited. Yeah. The last thing he says, if he says, anything which goes into a pot, I'm not allowed to taste it. He's prohibited from anything that's cooked in a pot. Anything that goes into a pot. Even if it's a minimal a minimal cooking, a minimal boiling, it's already it's, 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 it's prohibitive. Okay, that's the mission. the the Rabbi says, that roasted food, if he says, he makes a vow, that that which is cooked, it also includes roasted food. Not only food that's cooked with hot liquid, even though he has no proof, his position that roasted is included. But Zechelidavid is an allusion to it in the Pesach. It says, Because it says in the Pussek, in Chronicles, that they cooked the Pesach offering in fire the way it's supposed to be. Pesach, the Paschal lamb, has to be roasted. But the Pussek uses the expression, it was cooked. Cooked is usually used when you cook it in hot water, in liquid, hot liquid. And here the Pussik uses cooked even for roasting. So when he says I make a vow: I'm not going to eat, eat anything that that's cooked. It also includes anything that's roasted. That's Rabbi Yeshi's opinion. The says, "Let it say that Rabbi and the rabbis are arguing on this point." When it comes to vows, you have to follow the, the language of the Torah. So, since uh, Mevushal cooked in Torah language includes roasted, so when you make a vow, it's also broader. It includes even roasted. The but our Tanadilam, the rabbi's old, old, when it comes to vows, you have to go to, after the vernacular. Not what the Torah means, you have to know what people mean. So, when people say Mevushal, what they refer to is hot liquid and not roasted. And therefore, he's, a, he's permitted, he's allowed to eat roasted. The says, no, it's not so. Everyone holds when it comes to vows, you follow the vernacular. What's the argument? Each one had a different place. In the place of Rabbi Yehoshua, even the vernacular, people would refer to roasted as cooked. the place of our tan, the place of our even when people would say "cook," they would refer to cook with hot liquid and not roasted. In the local locale of our tan, uh, oh Anything that's roasted is called tzli. Mubushu, kata, li, Anything that's cooked with hot liquid is called mukkuk. a place in ravi-e-shia. I feel no. Sali, kata, li, Even something that's roasted also called mivushal. <coughs> How could you say that? Dabe'yesha no. brings a proof from a pasuk. If you're going to tell me the reason for dabe'yesha, because in his place. They call simply they call cook. When they say cook, they refer to also roasted. Why do you have to bring up a, a pasik? Who cares what the pasik says? The pasik doesn't had doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what the pasik means. All that matters is what the vernacular, what people think, what people s- refer to, what they mean in their expression. So why is he bring a pasuk? So we see clearly no that his reasoning is because we find it in the pasik. And when it comes to vows, we have to follow the, the meaning, the definition of the word as It's defined in the Pasek, in the verse, in the Tanakh. Your mother says, no, no, really our second explanation is correct. In the place of Rabbi Yeshia, that was a vernacular. Just bringing a support, a scriptural support, that the expression of the people is already, we find an allusion to it in the the, the Torah. But not that's the criteria, because the criteria is a vernacular. Says, but if he says I make a vow that Tavshel, not a cooked food he's forbidden even any runny food that's made in the pot but he's allowed to eat solid food ask what do you mean he said tafshil. a solid porridge is also a tafsil it's also cooked in a pot why should it be permitted so I by answers high tun lift our tana holds anything that's eaten together with bread, tafshal cutter. A cook is something that you cook, you eat together with the, the bread. So anything that's runny and you can dip the bread in, that's called a tafshal. Anything that's solid on its own, it's not called a tafshal. In other words, in the place of the tana, in that time, in that era, in that locale, in that location, that's what he meant when he said a tafshal. In the time of the Gemara, when the Gemara asked the question, obviously it changed. The Gemara didn't understand it that way. In their, in their vernacular, in their day and age, mm-hmm. tafshil meant anything. A parish is not a, a tafshil, it's a cook, it's a salad, <laughs> not solid. But in the times of the Mishnah, that's what the Mishnah, that, that's what it meant. Person, and vahatanya, like we learn, in the Brisa, he's not asking a question; he's bringing a proof, like we learn, in the Brisa, in a also so makes a vow from a tafshil, he's prohibited and all types of cook. doesn't matter if it's a barber, if it's roasted, if it's overcooked, undercooked, or it's regularly cooked. he's forbidden from tender squash. Because again, since it's tender, it's, it's liquidy, it's tender, you can, you can dip into it. Why? Because sick people, would eat their bread with their squash. So he's giving a reason. Why is it included? Why is it included, the, the tender squash? Only because it's eaten together with the bread. For sick people eat it together with the bread. So therefore, it's included in the category of a tafshul. So we see clearly that in those days, when he said tafshul, it means any food that's eaten together with bread. Is this so? It's not so, because Rabbi, Mecholosh, Rabbi Mecholosh once was sick. So a doctor came to heal him. He saw a, he saw a squash that lay in the house. He left Yirmia and went outside. The doctor said, He has the angel of death in his house. I'm going to heal him. He's eating squash. It's killing him. Food is your medicine, and food food is what kills you. What's killing half of America? The obesity and all the illnesses that comes. We're eating ourselves to death, especially the junk food that we eat. So, the the it's just, he's eating he's eating death, and you know, I've come to heal him. It's like him duck What's going to help me? Here I'm giving him medicine, and here he's eating himself to death. So what do we see? We see that squash is no good for you. So what do you mean the sick people eat squash with their Tender young squash with their bread. It's not a question. It depends. If it's tender, then it's healthy for a sick person. But if it's hard, hard squash is killing you. It's very unhealthy. So the doctor was very wise. Mm-hmm. See, the son of said, in this story he was dealing with the squash itself the squash itself is no good for the person the Braise is talking about the inside of the squash which is very healthy the inside of a squash cooked with leek the inside of a squash cooked with leek are very effective for healing the l- 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 liver is like the soft part, the inside of the squash which is soft. So the outside of the squash, the goofy the outside of the squash, that, that's no good for you. But the inside, the soft part, is very healthy for you. Yeah. Mm. Liver the crab be silka uh, and the liver the kitna be kutche, and Also the inside of flax plant, eaten with kutach, is like a cheese, old cheese, old milk, sour milk is together, is very healthy. Right. And moldy bread crust. Sour milk and moldy bread crust. Right. is very... Yeah, penicillin. <laughs> See, they knew penicillin then. It's very healthy for you. But you're not allowed to repeat this in, in the presence of the amaratsim of the Boers. Why? Uh, because if everyone knew about it, that the inside of a flax plant together with the kuta with the moldy mil- with the moldy bread and the sour milk is good for you they would they would uproot the flax before they could be harvested so you shouldn't put this knowledge in the hands of those who won't know, won't know what to do with it or will abuse it so he says don't publicize this. this is insider's information Rav, Amar, Rav said. Man Chaylen, when the B'raises says that squash is good for the sick, he meant Rabbanon, the rabbis, the Torah scholars. He didn't mean sick, literally sick. If you're physically sick, the doctor's right. Any squash is no good for you. But he's referring to specifically the Torah scholars. Why do they call them sick if they're healthy? Because in general, the Torah scholars are a little more feeble. They don't work out, they don't go to the gym. (laughs) They don't work out like anyone else. The Torah makes you weak. They look a little uh, nebbish. You know, when someone sees a Torah scholar, they don't run across the street. You see Uncle Tony, you run across the street. You see a Torah scholar. No one is afraid. No one starts quacking in their boots, in their boots and shaking. See, we're talking about healthy, healthy. Healthy people, they're healthy. But they eat the bread with squash. So for sick people, squash is no good. But for a healthy person there's nothing wrong with eating Siddharth <laughs> Rav, Rav uh, consistent with his reasoning Dhamma Rav, we continue on side B 49 B Kemam Matzlinan according to we according to whose opinion do we daven throughout the year for the ill and the sickly Aktsidi and the sick Vamri and the sickly As referring to the Gemara we learned in Rosh and arguments when is a person judged in heaven Rebbe Meir, says, exactly a say, Meir as he says a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah for the entire year Rebbe says a person is judged every single day so you might asks, we daven every single day for the sick for the ill again. for the ill and for the sickly why why do we have to daven every day if everything was decided already in Rosh Hashanah <laughs> <laughs> according to Rebbe Meir according to Rabbi Huda, everything was already decided for the whole year in Rosh Hashanah so the Gemara says, "Kibban Kerabiesh." The Rabbis so Rabbi says, "Kibban We're following the opinion of Rabbi Yis, according to Rabbi Yis, that we're judged every day. So therefore, every day we have to daven that the, the sick, the sickly, should be judged favorably. Nice. Okay. So Jews could be of black and white. What we're trying to say is the concept; it doesn't have to be black and white. Okay. Point so that we make the big things. Okay, but okay let, let's just finish this piece. Since he says, sick and the sickly, he's referring to two different categories. One is those who are literally sick, and the others are the rabbis he calls sickly, because they're feeble, they're sickly, they, they don't, you know. According to Rabbi and mayor, what are you daven every day? According to Mishun daven, only daven once a year in Zerzan. And according to Rabbi Yassi, what's Rishon? Hashanah is a, any other day. There's no nothing different yes. than Rishon the other day. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Hashanah is the day of judgment. Rabbi Yassi is arguing that Hashanah is Hashanah. Yeah, so the land says, even according to Rabbi Judah Meir, everything has already been decided on Hashanah, But it says the prayer of a congregation of a community could overturn overturn all decrees. So when we're Davening together in the prayer, the Feinu, Hashem Rafe, all of us together, we're Davening in the congregation, we're all Davening for the community. So that can override anything that was already decreed under The mother also brings an opinion that says that even an individual could override his decree. Could also pray and could avert the decree. So every day, even for an individual we should pray for for the sick. The reality is even according to Rabbi Yehissi, Rosh Hashanah is a special day. But even though it's been decided in Rosh Hashanah, what's going to happen the rest of the year, many times the blessing, you, you received a blessing. It was decided in heaven you're going to be wealthy this year, you're going to be rich. But rich could be, could take many forms. You can have a rich experience. But, so well, you want rich to mean literally, to translate into your bank account. But it's a long way to get from heaven to your bank account. <laughs> and things can get stuck in the way. You can end up with being rich spiritually. You'll, have a, you'll enjoy your kugel very richly. have a rich experience eating your kugel. I don't know. You'll have a rich spiritual experience. It won't translate necessarily into dollars and cents. Every day you're judged again to make sure that that judgment that was decided in Rish should actualize. That potential, it's in the bank. But from the potential it's to actualize, different it's, different it's up here. Brings it down. Brings it down. Yeah. So down, every day you have to daven that it should happen actually. Otherwise things get stuck. Power. The wheels get stuck. Something gets clogged and it right. doesn't happen. Yeah. It's there. The blessing is there. It's not delivered. The delivery is on strike. Something happens. The delivery system is not working. So every day you have to daven to actually be... Exactly. Above, and the Mishnah says, he says, I make a vow. From a Tavshil in the place of the Tanna. it was allowed. If it wasn't liquidy, if it was like a thick porridge, he's permitted. Because it's not eaten together with bread. The Gemara said, I must like Our Mishnah does not follow the practice of the Babylonians who eat thick porridge with bread. So it would be included in the cooked food. But I've said have said Babloi, the Babylonians are foolish. They eat bread with bread. They eat a thick porridge, which is cooked grain, together with bread, which is baked grain. So, so what did you gain? Eating bread with bread. You want to eat bread with something else. See, But, but that was the custom of the Babylonians. So for the Babylonians, it would be included in, in, in Tavshel. Because it is eaten together with bread whole point of eating two foods is together. You want the taste of one to complement the other. Mm-hmm. Eating two different breads, you call it a meal. Okay, I'm having a variety of breads. No, that's not a meal. Mm-hmm. You want to eat a meal, a bread, together with, a, with something cooked. That's what he says it's foolish. Amir Avchiz, the says, <laughs> da was a Babylonian he said is there someone who would inquire the nagdone the meticulous diners in the city of hutzel the, the experts the food eaters the food experts <laughs> hutzel was a city in Babylonia and they were very fastidious when it came, when it came to their food they knew their foods yeah. they can give an answer on these on these types of questions on dining in Babylonia <laughs> Regarding this porridge that we eat with bread, what's the best way to eat it? Wheat porridge with wheat bread, Sade, barley porridge with barley bread, perhaps mix it up. Wheat porridge with barley bread, with and, a and barley bread with with, uh, with wheat porridge. Mm. He wanted to know, uh, ha, what level is their foolishness? Are they such fools that not that at least they're eating bread with bread, or at least mix it up a little? Change the varieties, we wheat with... But are they such fools that they would eat porridge of wheat together with bread of wheat? porridge of barley and the bread of barley? <laughs> Mother says Rava ate his bread with a porridge made from flour of oven dried grain. It's a it's it's a flour ground, it's grinded from early ripened wheat that has been roasted. So it has a sweet flavor. So Rava would eat his bread with a porridge made from the flour of oven dried grain. Uh, Rabba Baravuna Ashkel Ravhuna, the Kochel Daisa, but it's boss. found Ravhuna, his father, eating porridge with his fingers. Amalei, so he said, Am I Kochel Marbiday? Why is the master eating with his hands, not with a spoon? <laughs> Amalay, he said, This so is what Rab says. Daisa, but basim. Porridge eaten with one's fingers, sweet. All the more so when eating with two fingers. All the with loss. How much more so if you eat with three fingers? It's even sweeter, because the sense of touch is connected to the sense of taste. It's part of the taste. You touch it. You know, it's part of the taste. If they invite you to eat parrots somewhere at you should travel up to a parsa right? Which is four mil. the eat steak, eat meat ox meat at loss You should go 12, 12 mil, three parsah. parsa is like three thousand feet. I mean, a mil is three thousand feet. So four parsah. Is like twelve thousand feet. It's 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 a, it's a little over two miles. You should go two miles to eat parridge. and you should go up to six miles to eat to eat meat, a juicy piece of meat. When you, if you have to go to the restaurant, <laughs> you should travel. After eating anything You should not spit in front of your teacher (laughs) Exception Exception is Squash or porridge If you need to spit you should do so Why? Because they are indigestible Like lead So you have to spit it out don't be polite and, and, um, and digest it. In other words, the, the, the spit that comes into your mouth after eating squash or parrot is dangerous if you swallow it. It's as dangerous as if you're swallowing lead. Lead is what they used to kill a person. One of the four misses. they would bo- b- hot lead, they would boil the lead and pour it down your throat. So it's 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 uh, it's also poison. So he says it's, yeah, it's it's like lead. It's like it's like killing you. Afilu kameshaver Malka plate. Even if you're sitting in front of the king, yeah, king right. shepherd, you should also spit it out. He was the king of, of Persia because it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 your life. You might have said Rabbi Yisro, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yisro, Rabbi Huda. The Chadochel dice was vici. One of them ate the porridge with his finger. Chadochel b'huza. Other ate it with a piece of bark with a utensil. The one see it tonight. The one eating with the bark said to the one eating with his finger. How much longer will you feed me your filth? The dirt under your fingernail. Eating with your finger. It's not it's not hygienic. See you're mixing dirt into the porridge. By putting your finger in it, you're mixing power. They ate from the same bowl. So he put his finger in, he stuck his finger in, he, he ate with the bark. He says, every time you're sticking your finger in, you're making it dirty. The, the finger behind you, the, uh, the dirt behind your fingernails. <laughs> the one who ate with his finger said to the one who ate with the bark, and you're going to feed me your spittle. Because he took he took his... He took with the bark and, and put it into his mouth. And the saliva was on the bark. And he put his, his saliva back. Once I Double finger, right? <laughs> one second. And the finger, he ate it with fingers, no saliva? Or use a different finger? Every time he used a different finger? Because the one who's eating with his finger, he, he, he licks the, the saliva off. He cleans the saliva before he puts his... his, his but the one who's eating the, with the bark is not, mm-hmm. well, he's licking the plate, not eating the, the utensils, so he's putting the saliva back in. Kids will say, Rabbi Hud, Rabbi Shim, and Isa, like, I'm bluffs. Bluffs and figs. They brought figs before. Bluffs and figs, Rabbi Hud, Rabbi Shimon, The bluffs and figs are very hard to digest. Rabbi Hud, Ocha, Rabbi Shim, Rabbi Hud, ate. These figs Rab Shimon didn't eat with Shimon, my I wanted to eat it. Because these figs are so hard to digest, they will never emerge from the intestines. It's a one way street. It goes in, they'll never come out. That's all the more reason to eat them. So we can rely on them to continue nourishing us till tomorrow. Since it doesn't digest, so the food will nourish me, and nourish me, and nourish me, and it'll be enough for me to last me till tomorrow. Because as long as they're in the, in the intestines, they will nourish me. Mm. So he's saying, even though it's not good for your digestion, but someone who's very poor, by the way, that's one of the reasons it says that the the were yeah. ate matzahs. Why did the Yidin eat matzahs in Metzrayim? Why did they feed them matzahs in mitzraya? Because matzahs is a food of slaves because it's very hard to digest. So it keeps you satisfied for a long time. Food that's easily digested, you know, you get hungry right away. You eat sugar, five minutes later, you you you're hungry again. But you eat something like matzah, it sits in your stomach. So, they wanted to give the slaves food, they don't have to feed them all the time. So, they, they give them food that lasts for a long time. So, this sits in your stomach. It's hard in your digestion, but it's good for the poor. It's good, it lasts. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Rabbi Tarf, Rabbi Huda sat before Rabbi Tarf, and said to Rabbi Huda, Your face shines today. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is your face shining? Your face is glowing yesterdays servants went out to the field maybe they brought us beets they brought me back beets they ate the beets without salt that's why my face is shining if I ate it with salt huh? my face would be radiating <laughs> In other words, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to say as if it's, he had an excuse. Why is his face radiating something s- superficial? But that wasn't the real reason. It was a much deeper reason why why Abtairfin's face radiated. Mm-hmm. says the Baal kept the battle of uh, Lechayim in front of him always so people would see his face would turn red. He said, face red. Say, oh, he "His face turned red." They <laughs> would say, so, "Ah, probably had a lechayim." His face turned red. he met ma- uh, Rabbi Huda, a certain Roman, Roman noblewoman. One said to Rabbi Hude, "Myrav a davi, a decisor and a drunk. <laughs> How could a rabbi, who has to decide legal issues, become so intoxicated? Why does she say that? Because his face, his face was red." she saw it, he must be a drunk. I'm a said to her. By the honor of that woman, I'm swearing. If I'm swearing falsely by honor, I'm telling the truth that the only wine I, ever t- I only drink is kiddush, Avdala, and the four cups of pesach. So my face is red. It's not because of, of, of I drink and I have to after drinking four cups I tie my head my temples I have such a headache from Pesach to Shavuos I have to bind my head my head is hurting we see the that even if it hurts you to drink wine you're obligated to drink the four cups of wine even if it gives you a headache very but it doesn't say that about Kiddush and Abdullah. Kiddush, you can make Kiddush and, and challah. Avdollah, you can make other, and beer. But wine, you have no choice. You have to drink wine. The real reason his face radiated is because the wisdom of a person radiates his face. The more wisdom radiates, the face can't hide. The face is, comes from the word panim, comes from the word panimias. The whole inside is written on your face. A person who's selfish and self-centered, you can't hide it. A person who's coarse and crass, you can't hide it. You can try to cover it up, but you can't hide it. Someone who's refined, you also can't hide it. You look at the face, there's a certain refinement. You just can't hide. So the face radiated from within, from his wisdom. So he told his Rebbe, why I, Why is his face shining? He said, because I ate beets. That wasn't the real reason. Mm-hmm. That's what he tells Rav The real reason was because of the inner wisdom. This sad said, Your face, it's, it's, it seems like either someone who makes money from lending with interest, so you can play golf all day. You don't even have to work for a living. You're so wealthy, you take your money, and your money earns money. You, may, you, you lend it out, and your money earns money. While you're, you're vacationing and having a good time, your money is earning your money. Yeah. Or, like those of pig farmers, which is very highly profitable, So therefore, you're glowing with satisfaction. Anyone who lives this lifestyle is glowing. What a life. You don't have to work hard. Money is coming in. It's rolling in. I'm the, the, the register is ringing, and you're just sitting and relaxing and vacationing. I'm a I'm a lay. So Rabbi Huda said to him, none of these is an option for us. In Yehuda, by the Jews, we can't raise pigs. And we're not allowed to lend with interest, so that, that can't be the reason. Ella, rather, the reason is, I have 24 lavatories, bathrooms in my house, in the study hall. And every hour, I enter into a different one. And that explains my shiny face. All of health, Rambam says this, modern medicine has no clue, they're so clueless, it's shocking. The Rambam says, all of your health is in your digestive system. If you have a healthy digestive system, you're, you're robust. If you don't have a healthy digestive system, you're sick. It's going to lead to all sorts of sicknesses. Modern medicine doesn't even pay attention to your diet. In medical school, I don't know, they spend one hour, maybe one day teaching you about diet and eating and what you eat in your digestive system. They do today, okay, maybe it changed. <laughs> But the the way they feed sick people after they recover, it seems like they they must have all fallen asleep when they taught them the medical school. How health is so connected to your digestive system. Ramam says if your digestive system is healthy, if you have easy, smooth bowel movements, your digestive system is smooth and easy, you'll be healthy. And if not, all illnesses come from that. So he says, because I I clear my digestive system and have smooth uh, bowel movements, and every hour in the hour and therefore my, head, my face is glowing. just telling the guy this. The real reason is because like we said the wisdom. but he wouldn't understand that. So he says because of, he gave him a physical reason because I have loose bowel, I have good bowel movements and I clear myself would go to the he carried a jug on his shoulder. And he would sit sit on the drug in the study hall. That was his cheer. Ahmadi said, How great is the labor, gives honor to those who perform it. Even though the mother says a person should not do, a Torah scholar is not allowed to do menial labor in public. But he excused himself. Why am I doing menial labor in public, carrying my chair carrying this drug? He could have left it in a shul and he has his permanent chair. Why every day he would carry it back and forth? Because mm-hmm. he, he says, it gives him honor. Mm-hmm. Because he wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have to, otherwise he would have to sit on the floor in the study hall. So like this, he can sit, he can sit on the, on the jug. Rabbi Shimon would carry a basket on his shoulder and he would sit upon it and use it as a chair. So every day he would take it back and forth. He would sit Instead of sitting on the floor, he would use the basket as a chair. said, Again, how great is labor that gives honor to those who perform it. He was excusing himself. Why are you schlepping in the middle of the street? Imagine you saw the rabbi schlepping in the middle of the street. You know, it's not it's the not Chavadik, but, 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 but he's explaining himself why he did it. Buddha's <inaudible> wife went out to the marketplace and bought wool of the glimidahut the she made, she fashioned, the superior cloak for him. When she would go out to the marketplace, she would wear it. Rabbi Huda would go to Davin, he would wear it in Dav. When he would put on this this special special uh, cloak, he would make a bracha. Blessed is Hashem who wrapped me in this robe. Blessed is He who wrapped me in this robe. Once Hashem Gamliel decreed a fast. It was a terrible situation. <inaudible> they needed to fast. did not did not appear. Didn't come and didn't join them during the fast. Malay they said that The Buddha didn't come because he has nothing to wear. Rav will send the garment. Rabbi Yehuda refused to accept. Continue and 58 a dalitzi. Yehuda wanted to explain why isn't he accepting the garment. So he lifted a part of the of the mat which he was sitting on and miraculously there was a, a tr- there was a whole treasure of coins mm-hmm. and he said to the messenger you see what I have here you see how much wealth I have here I don't want to benefit from this world so that's why she made one garment and they would share with his wife <laughs> she had to go out she wore it and he had to daven he wore it he says not, not because if I want, I can take all the wealth of the world I want. It's right under my mat. But I don't want to. I don't want to benefit from this world. I just want. And therefore, he refused to re, to receive the garment. That's why he didn't show up. He didn't have the garment. I guess his wife his wife was using it. Embarrassed to wear a cloak that his wife wore. It was like it wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily a men's thing. It was like uh, interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, of everyone. To be continued.